0: It's good to see everybody out tonight. If we if we had it my way, we could have sang for another thirty to forty-five minutes, or as how long, or however long I would be up here preaching, and we would still leave edified and encouraged, encouraged, and I wouldn't be as nervous and out of breath as I am right now. But we don't always get our way. I am appreciative of the opportunity that the elders uh, give give us every third Sunday to be able to present a lesson. It's been uh, a challenge. It's been encouraging and a, a teaching, a teaching moment for me to be able to accumulate some of these passages and uh, some of these thoughts to hopefully help us to uh, teach ourselves, to help ourselves be better Christians. Because um, that's what the goal is. The goal is to be, be to better ourselves and to take as many people as we can with us. Um, in the past couple weeks, we've heard some lessons that have almost been what I was planning to speak about tonight. Uh, When Brother Payton was here a few weeks ago on Sunday morning, he talked about, um, or he used the phrase, American Christians versus Christians. And that's kind of the idea of this lesson tonight, is that we're going to look at a couple examples um, of things that Jesus said that might challenge us as Americans. Um, And hopefully, um, we'll be able to learn from those, but also be able to teach Americans better, because um, as as you know, Americans, you know, we can be a little, well, American. You know, uh, we we like our liberty, we like our freedom, we like our guns. Um, we're not talking about guns tonight, but you know, that is America. Um, and then David this morning spoke about the standard that we should live by, that we should be unified by. Um, something again that we will we'll touch out. We'll be looking at the standard and a few examples of what. Jesus tells us. Um, so the first example is in Matthew chapter 19. We're going to look at marriage. Now I've been married for not quite a year and a half. So I'm by far not an expert. Um, but we're not going to get any of my opinions tonight. That's, that's not what I'm here for. Uh, we're here just to look at the scriptures and see what Jesus says about it. Um, while you're turning there... I want, to think, I want you all to be thinking about throughout this lesson, uh, what are we told to do and what are we told to be? Um, one thing that, uh, a word that was used in the scripture reading was a disciple. So we want to be thinking about what does it mean to be a disciple? It means to be a follower, a student, a worker, somebody who is 100% devoted to whatever they're following. Um, if you were, for the few of y'all who were in the middle school class last quarter, Y'all will hopefully remember what I wrote on the board, 100%, or excuse me, 99% equals 0%. You can be 99% a Christian, but that 1% is actually 0. So we're going to look at some of these things and hopefully get a deeper understanding for where we are in our own lives and how we can teach others. So let's look at Matthew 19 and read the first uh, handful of verses. It says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them in the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then there is no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined, let not man separate. And they go on to ask him, Well, what about the certificate of divorce that Moses gave us? And he says, That was because of the stiffness and the hardness of your hearts. Um, But in verse 9, he says, um, Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced also commits adultery. So this one might, hopefully, wouldn't, isn't too challenging for us tonight. This is something that we, I think, have a pretty good grasp on. We understand the concept of what Jesus is telling us here. Um, but obviously we know America does not. Um, the divorce rate is extremely high. Um, but what I, want, what I want to think about is, again, how can we take what we know as Christians and help those who are not Christians, help um, people who are in the world. And we ask the question, well, why is this important? Um, many times people say, well, God just wants me to be happy. And if I'm not happy in my marriage, then I'm going to stop that marriage and start a new one. Um, and that's not what we see in the scripture. So why is this important? We, we see in, um, in Luke, um, and we'll get to there um, in more detail later, but in Luke chapter 14, Jesus says that you must hate your brother, hate your mother, your father, um, and follow me. And that whole chapter is talking about essentially Jesus or God first. We can't have anything else in our life before God. But so many times, specifically Americans, we want to put things before God. Um, it was very striking in Brother Payton's lesson of how much the people in that country, south of Florida, um, put before any, uh, or how much they put behind God. Um, you know, almost, they, they risk their lives just to assemble on Sunday mornings. Um, obviously, we don't have to risk our lives to do that, but if tomorrow things changed, you know, where would we be? We're very blessed, and I think that's dangerous. Um, the blessings are great, and we enjoy them, but those blessings can be dangerous. So what, uh, what can we put first? What can we put before God? Well, we can put our family or our marriage before God or our own happiness, which is why many people get divorced. So why, why would that happen? We can look at Ephesians and look at why, or the, the, the guidelines for the husband and the wife and how the husband is the head and he is supposed to love the wife and the wife is to submit. Uh, we could go into that, but we're not, because um, we, we know that passage pretty well, I think. Um, but I want to look at the consequences. The consequences of divorce, but also just gen- in general, the devaluing of the family. Um, I preached this lesson a few weeks ago at a different congregation, and I was told that I used the word nuclear instead of nuclear family. Um, so if I use the wrong nuclear term, just um, understand that and you know, let it, let it uh, go by. You can let me know afterwards. I'm sure I will do it. But it's the devaluing of the nuclear family. we As America, we don't really care as much as we should or at all about the family. Um, of course, we know that um, divorce... Um, harms the children as well. But what has, what has this led to in, uh, when um, the topic of marriage, divorce, and remarriage was very prevalent in the religious world years ago? Where are we now because of those conversations and because of, um, in some cases, the failure of Christians not to um, um, confront that and teach it properly maybe? We see, again, the, the, the destruction of the nuclear family. Um, having a wife who worked in DCS for many years, she saw the destruction that happens to a family, whether um, it be drug use or any, any of those um, things. Um, but we know that the family is, one of, is the root, um, and, having, um, and the devaluing of it is devaluing God's design. And that will be a theme throughout this lesson is looking at, again, God's standard and God's design for something versus what we want. So what has it led to? It's led to a nation where we are where we we don't care. And that um, means that the next generation is not being taught correctly. We can look at um, in Ezekiel when God is um, prophesying the judgments against uh, Judah. One of the things that kept popping up is that they did not remember. The Israelites did not remember what God told them. And what was one of the things that God told them is to teach their children? The devaluing of the family is causing us to not teach our children properly. they 're being taught by other things because we 're not giving that the, the attention that uh, it 's it's needed. The second point under marriage is not just divorce, but um, something that is horribly rampant in our country is homosexual marriage. Um, we see in the, in the verses that we read that it was supposed is one man and one woman. We can go to other passages as well and see that um, and we can ask the question, well, how does God view that? Well, we can go to Sodom and Gomorrah and look. Uh, we can know. We can see where God rained fire down on the city in judgment because of these sins. And here in America, we're not too much different. We have a whole month of the year, I think it's April, um, dedicated to pride with the rainbow. And we know that's not what, the, of course, the rainbow stands for. But this is where we are as a culture because of the forgetfulness of what God has told us. Because of the devaluing of the family this is where we are, and this is a, a problem not just in the world but also in the church as well. We can see in our denominational friends and even um, in sound congregations um, like here that can that can creep in. We can we can um, let that danger creep in of just of not valuing the principles that God gave us for marriage. Um, we know, of course, the government has their their beliefs and their laws. But even if the government changed their laws today, that wouldn't change anything. The government's not here to change the hearts of the people. That's, that's our job as Christians, is to be in the world to change their hearts. Um, so let's move on to the next point. Um, and we'll, we'll go to Luke chapter 14 for that. Um, and this one um, might be a bit more challenging. It definitely was for me. Um, so we, we start with something we understand pretty well. Uh, but let 's look at chapter fourteen of Luke, and we 'll also go back to chapter nine at, uh, in a minute as well let 's re- re- let's read what Jesus says here in verse uh, twenty six He says, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, his own life also he cannot be my disciple. A lot of times we take that verse and, and keep it by itself, and, and there are principles we can learn from that verse alone, but from the greater context, uh, we see a much lo- larger picture of what Jesus is trying to say. In verse 27, he says, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Again, that's what we're striving to be, is a better disciple of God. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who will see will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what King going to war... Against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able to, with 10,000 men, meet him who has 20,000. Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears, let him hear. So, So these verses are telling us what it takes to be a Christian. The term, carry your cross daily, to pick up your cross. Now, we see the cross in, in many places um, across our country, and um, in, in our neighbor's yards, uh, our neighbors might have a little cross on it. People have crosses around their neck, uh, on their car, on their bumpers. Is that carrying your cross? Is putting it on your bumper sticker, a, bu- a bumper sticker that says, Jesus is Lord, is that carrying your cross daily? I would argue that it's not. Um, it's not that easy. What is a cross? It's, it's an instrument of death. Its main purposes were ev- eventually to kill you, um, but it, there was shame involved. Um, it was something that you couldn't miss. If somebody is carrying a cross down the streets of Jerusalem, it's gonna take, people are going to take notice. They're going to know. There's going to be no question about what this person is about to do or what is about to be done to him. And... We have to ask ourselves, well, what, what is our cross today? As, as Christians in America, not American Christians, but as Christians in America, what could be our cross? It can be rejection. It can be family rejection. We, um, many here who know of family members of either other members or your own family members who are not um, in the sound church. And we, we can deal with rejection from them. Or uh, persecution. Again, we are in a very blessed country, but that we don't face too much persecution. But it can happen. Um, but also, the idea of carrying our cross is just essentially to be like Jesus, to live a life like Jesus. Um, let's look at Ephesians chapter chapter four, real quick, in verse twenty, and see what uh, the Apostle Paul says through the Holy Spirit. He says, "But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in, this, in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. that is what carrying our cross is. That's the beginning of it, is to kill off that old man, to to change um, everything about your life to become a Christian. In um, the lesson I heard recently, it was said that baptism isn't necessarily the hard part when it comes to salvation. It's repentance. It's that lifestyle change that can hang so many people up. Anybody can be dunked in the water behind me, but if, if their heart isn't changed, if their mind isn't changed, if their actions aren't changed, then they're not uh, truly carrying God, uh, Christ's cross because they're not living that lifestyle. But Again, it's just something that will be seen, that cannot be missed. We can... If we go to work and nobody notices that we um, don't partake in everything that our coworkers do, whether it's foul language or drinking or um, crude jokes, anything like that that might happen in a workplace environment, then we're not truly carrying our cross because we're not letting it be shown. We're not. We, we let it. We we left it at home, and if you leave it at home, then that's a, a, a big problem. Many churches and many Christians, many individuals who claim to be Christians and claim to be carrying their cross really aren't. They do so many things um, out of out of feeling, out of what they feel might be right or what um, they, they think is right because it, it makes them happy. And again, it comes back to putting Christ first, letting go of everything else. And that's where we'll spend the last um, Chunk of our time is talking about those, uh, those people who are in the religious world, who claim to be doing things for Christ and for God, and admittedly are doing good things. Sometimes they put us to shame with the good things that they do, but uh, they are still not right with God. So, why is that? Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 7. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount here, uh, Jesus tells us. Uh, something that should make us question everything that we do and our attitude behind everything that we do. He says in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and have done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness." And therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the house stood, and the foolish man did not listen, and his house fell when the rains came. We can't be putting an an outward show on. Again, it's it's very easy for us to be surrounded in the culture that we are surrounded by here in America to become influenced by it. it. It's very, very easy. Somebody cuts me off in the road and I blow my horn and... Yell in the, road, in the car where nobody can hear. That's not a Christian attitude. That's the very American attitude. Um, we, we can't enter heaven. We can't enter the kingdom of heaven our own way. Um, we, can, we can prophesy. We could cast out demons. We could do many wonders in God's name. But not follow um, his commandments like he says. And we won't, we won't enter that kingdom. We're surrounded by uh, people and by groups who proclaim to do so many things in the name of the Lord, right? Uh, we're, um, in, we're in the Bible Belt. We are, we are in the buffet of churches, if you will. We are surrounded by people who, um, who, are, who can be very zealous, who can uh, be very, uh, very zealous and have a very clear conscience when it comes to what they're doing. Um, but it's our job to, to be teaching them. And not to to coexist. Coexisting with sin is not fellowship with God. If we coexist with sin, then um, we have we have no place in the kingdom. If we're doing that, there there's many people um, who go to congregations that have Church of Christ on the sign, right? But we they they don't do what they should what they should be doing. Some will have bands, or um, they'll have uh, meals uh, together in a place that is not um, authorized. And it, it does come down to the question of authority. What has God told us to do? If God has told us to do these things, then by all means we should do that. Um, but saying that we're in a church building and we're fellowshipping with each other is not, the, is not an excuse for us to misuse um, the funds of the church or any other aspect of the church. Saying, Lord, Lord, does not uh, make it any better but these people, they do, they do good things. They give to uh, places that help so many people. They, um, they uh, pay for, they send money to missionary uh, groups for uh, people to go to preach the gospel. Um, but that's not the pattern. That's not the authority that we see. Um, we see individual churches um, sending money to individuals or individual churches. We don't see um, that sort of example in the, in the Bible. Uh, again, we could talk about music. It's something that, obviously, we don't have instrumental music here. Uh, we just sing with uh, with our hearts because that's what God tells us to do. But so many congregations and so many churches want that and think that that's what God wants. Um, they put God's name on the sign, and we know where that leads. Letting um, letting sin like this, um, letting um, or. Um, uh, almost uh, agreeing to disagree is the term that many denominational people have used in the past. Agreeing to disagree with these sort of sins and coexisting is is a gateway. We're opening the gate to letting that kind of sin in our group as well, and that's something that we cannot have. That can't happen. Um, we know where um, we know where to find everything that we need, and it's in the Scripture. Um, in Acts, when uh, Philip was teaching uh, the uh, the Jews in Samaria and the Samaritans there, it says that he preached Jesus to them. And it was, it was that simple. Obviously, there's much more to it, um, but it's as simple as preaching Jesus, opening the Bible to where they're at, where their understanding is, and teaching them. Um, another example is uh, something we, we could think of is, um, that is very important, is, is baptism or sprinkling um, Obviously, when a baby is sprinkled, it's done in the name of the Lord. But that's not something um, that is correct. As a Christian, as we mentioned earlier, we have to take up our cross daily. We have to be, be the example of things, of, of the, the, the example and the light that God calls us to be. Um, Back in Luke chapter 9, um, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said, um, then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to, live, to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profits it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? But whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the son of man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who should not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. I hope that this has hopefully been encouraging and maybe been enlightening uh, for for some of you, um, that we've seen... Some of the, the dangers um, that can that can lead that that we can be led down in this country. Um, we're we're surrounded by it constantly, uh, whether it's people we work for um, or maybe even people here who might have doubts. We have to again build each other up. We have to make sure that we are um, denying ourselves, denying um, who we want to be, who we were in the past. Uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, um, talk a long list of types of people that they weren't anymore. Um, he says, "You are not of that, not of those people anymore, but you are God's. You are adopted by God. You are His child now." So the question, the question uh, comes to you: um, Have you have you denied yourself? Have you been baptized? If so, that's great. Um, have you been carrying your cross daily? Um, I know that. I haven't every day. Um, some, days, some days are harder than others. We all know that. Um, but the choice is ours whether or not we will follow God's word and to, to truly say, Lord, Lord, with in what we do and to follow his commandments, as he said. If we do that, then we'll be disciples. But that takes work. That takes study. And sometimes it's easy to put our studying off till the end and then forget about it because we're too tired. So the question is, have you been baptized? If not, we ask that you come forward tonight to be baptized, to start that life anew, to repent of your sins. Um, if you have, but you're, you're struggling, you need help, um, you haven't been the Christian that you need to be, you've been influenced by the nation and the people that are around us, um, then we ask if you need help to also come forward to ask for prayers, to repent of those sins, um, and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. If... If you need anything uh, spirits, we ask that you come forward as we stand and as we sing.